If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. A happy new year. Happy, happy new, new year. year to you. In this first episode of the year of Mind Pump. Now, for the first 48 minutes, we don't talk about fitness, but we have a lot of fun having our introductory conversation. Here's what we talked about in the beginning of the episode. We talked about the year 2018 and the future. We talked about Thrive Market and their philanthropy work and all that they did in the year 2018. Uh, they're a great company to work for. They are the largest online retailer of non-GMO and organic products, including skincare products and products for your pets. We are sponsored by Thrive Market. If you go to thrivemarket.com forward slash mindpump, you'll get a free month membership and 25% off your first order. Then we talked about Amazon versus Walmart, Clash of the Titans. Mm. Good discussion there. It's uh, going down. Then we watched a great video before we actually recorded this episode. Randy Couture, he did some uh, crazy he's, stuff in this uh, video. Yeah, he's letting it all hang out, you're if you will. To, you're going to have to listen to the episode to find out what we think about his leaked sex video. Then we talked about something that made Adam very sad, cannabis recall. Yep. That's right. They're recalling cannabis. Uh, what? Looks like they were messing around with- We the, want it back. With the testing for pesticides, and it looks like people were lying a little bit. Mm. Then we mentioned our Everly Well testosterone tests. We're going to do some new ones and see what happens. Let's see if I win again. You never know. <laughs> Everly, well, Everly Well is one of our sponsors. They do give you or create at-home hormone tests and food sensitivity tests. If you go to everlywell.com, that's E-V-E-R-L-Y-W-E-L-L.com, and use the code MindPump, you'll get 15% off any tests. Then we talked about as-seen-on-TV fitness product fortunes, and we talked about Adam's not-so-safe safe. Doesn't work that good. Yeah. <laughs> Then we get into the fitness questions. The first question was, what are the differences between the front squat and the back squat in terms of benefits? Like, why should I do one versus the other? How's my body going to respond? Which one's better? All that great stuff. Next question, uh, how do you train a client who is very disobedient and does not like resistance training? Do you force them? Do you convince them? Do you spank them? <laughs> or do you do that? That's right. I'll get you. You'll be done with your job real quick with that one. Yeah. Uh, the next question was, this person's little brother's getting bullied at school and, you know, the PC world that we live in now, you can't really punch a bully or can you? Hmm. We are not experts on the subject, but we give our opinion anyway. No. And the final question, we all give our New Year's resolutions. Find out what Adam, Justin, and myself try to change for the new year 2019. Also, to welcome in the new year... We are making MAPS Anabolic, our foundational fitness program, half off. Half. All month long, MAPS Anabolic, 50% off. Here's the best part. A new version is being released soon. So if you enroll with the 50% off promo and the new uh, revision comes out, you get access to that one. So you automatically get updated, no extra cost. 50% off. All you got to do is go to mapsfitnessproducts.com. And use the code RED50, R-E-D, and the number 50, no space, for 50% off. And you can also check out all of our other MAPS products and programs all on our website, mapsfitnessproducts.com. T-shirt time! 
And it's t-shirt time. Mm, it's my favorite Here time of the week. <laughs> and we got a total Let have it, Doug. of seven reviews across all platforms. Oh my God. Everybody's, seven. Everybody's opening gifts. Yeah, everybody's uh, celebrating Christmas and not giving us any reviews. So uh, get back at it, people. So the winner for iTunes is Terrible Work. Mm, and for yeah. Facebook is Amber Banda. Mm. Both of you are winners. Send the name I Hola just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and also include your Instagram handle. Again, send it all over to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com, and we'll get that right out to you. Do it. It's New Year 2019. You know what's crazy? Hmm. When I was a kid, if you had said the year 2020... Sounded hella futuristic. <laughs> I would have pictured crazy sh- spaceships and stuff. Like, I mean, I would have shit. a pet robot. No, you would you would you would picture uh, the scene from Terminator One, right? That isn't that like 2020 or something like that? Yeah, uh, it I, is, isn't I it? It's, you're I, right. I think it's like 2020. Skynet has yeah. completely yeah. taken over, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think about that for a second. It's interesting when you when you think about movies we used to watch when we were kids, and then the prediction of what 2020 would look, well, look like. At great, well, look at Back to the Future. What year do they travel to in Back to the Future? Yeah, it was. I think it was 2010 or something, something like silly yeah. like that. Yeah, and they have like hovering skateboards, and everybody's dressed hella weird. And yeah, it's funny because when that's you, where they always get it wrong. Yes, they go like ridiculous with the the fashion. All you have to do is look at a calendar and like assume that everything goes in cycles. Yeah. Right? So now if I'm going to recycle like something that you would almost like go in in phases of like, well, now everybody's going to look like they're in the 50s. You know, now everybody's going to look like they're in the 60s. You now know what movie did that well? Hmm. Uh, Her. Really? You guys still haven't watched that, have you? I have. Oh, I, I have okay. seen part of it, yeah. yeah so, I, watched it the other, I watched it the other day, actually. Good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now tell me that wasn't one of the more... I mean, we, we realistic predictions of yeah. what the future kind of looks like. Like they didn't overdo it. Like I think in movies, like like in Back to the Future, like oh look, I have a little tiny pizza that I put inside this machine and it turns into a large pizza. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's silly. Like like the Jetsons. Yeah, like, let's be get, realistic. Like, get out of here. The her her was very realistic. They didn't like they didn't like shove it in your face. You know what I mean? They didn't make a big deal about the fashion. You look at the way they're dressed, and you're like, this kind of looks like a throwback to the '70s, but not a little bit. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's, well, that, that's what yeah, I, I can believe that. I, that. That's why I like that. Even though I only made it through like three or four episodes, that one, that seventies one, that was predicting like the future. I thought mm. that was a clever. Oh, yeah. I thought they did a good job of that. Yeah, where but, it didn't seem. Yeah, it was way too weird. But twenty 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 is going to be here any minute now, and uh, you know, a year from now, and it doesn't. We're gonna have perfect vision then, right? It's so. Oh, this is a dad joke. That for was you. thank you, yeah, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> Threw that one in there. <laughs> Bing. I was waiting for you, Sal. That uh, it, it, well, there's a lot of things that are not like I thought they'd be. Like we still have traffic. <laughs> traffic though. Yeah, in come our, on, Elon. In our in our in uh, in our lifetime, traffic will be laughed at. Though I do believe that there will come a time where we will sit around and go, "Man, you remember we used to have to sit." Yeah. In tra- I do believe that. Remember will, lines? That will happen, yeah. right? There, there will come a time where we because think of that self-driving vehicles and stuff. Yeah, just I think the way we're going to get around is going to be so different, and the 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 uh, lack of having to get around is changing rapidly. When you think about, you know, the ability to work from home and the capabilities. Yeah, but that, that you, it's been around for a while, and it hasn't yeah, it's made excel- a huge. It's accelerating though. 
I, I think for entrepreneurs, definitely, but for working for other companies, they typically want you to come in a lot more than you, than you think. Yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm saying the combination of that yeah. with also the well, I think us solving the transport transportation. Like. Well, the, solving the tr- the transportation thing, people don't realize how big of an impact that'll have on society. It'll be one of the biggest, uh, most impactful, disrupting things yeah. that we've seen in the last fifty years because the car itself. Having that autonomy of being able to drive yourself wherever you want completely transformed the world, yeah. well, and it's, it's actually well, what shaped America. Yeah, and that's kind of where we stopped. You know, right. like we haven't really progressed past that. Right. Uh, and yeah, once we do, it'll be a whole new. It'll be like the industrial revolution all over again. It'll it be it'll be interesting what it does for like uh, real estate too, because now yeah, how much space is dedicated to parking well and how much how much is dedicated to being very close to your job because that's that's you know we we pay a lot of money to live right here in the silicon valley because you don't want to sit in traffic for an hour and a half to two hours to get to work so you pay top dollar to be 10 minutes away which technically translates into 40 minutes of traffic still so what happens when you solve that problem well then living in salinas it's not a big deal. That's Salas. only that's only a forty minute drive. What's up? And if we can do that fa- either faster, right? If you do like Elon deal where we stack tunnels and we that'll take so much more work, right? Yeah. Or if we just have self driving cars where I can actually work on the way to work, then a forty minute commute is awesome because now I can sit and answer all emails. Yeah, you've and seen that already in the workplace. Like more, I remember when that was a big deal that you well actually I could work from home today. Right. You know, that became like a thing that people sought after and was exciting about a certain uh, type of a job where it allowed them the flexibility to work from home. But I think it's getting it's it's accelerating more in that direction to where everything that's relevant is somewhat related to the Internet and digital space. Yeah, Well, traffic, a lot of traffic could be solved without having to change the roads if all the cars were self-driving cars that could communicate with each other because then they could synchronize and you could fit a lot more cars in a lot less space. You don't have that human error where it slows down traffic, creates bottlenecks. You know, automatic cars or self-driving cars be able to zip into Mm -hmm. merging lanes better. They'd be able to follow each other much closer because they'd communicate with each other. So... You, it would solve a lot of traffic alone. The, the bottleneck well, with that is uh, is regulation because at some point you're going to have to either pass laws that says no more human drivers mm-hmm. or you're going to have to create roads that are just for automatic cars because if you have a bunch of human drivers and a bunch of... I imagine it that way. I imagine mm-hmm. that we'll we'll uh, designate lanes, you know, like the, the fast lane of the commuter lane now will become mm-hmm. like a self-driving lane or some shit like that. I think that's the most realistic transition from where we're at because there's going to be some sort of a transition period it's not like all of us one day will be with self-driving cars you know it'll be the rich will have it first Mm. and have access to it first because it'll be expensive yeah and we'll start on the interstates you know the major roadways where it's like you get all the massive traffic like in la and maybe maybe that's exactly how it works is it only works on the major highways first and then is it as you merge off you then have to take control again which that would make or it could still drive itself it just wouldn't it wouldn't be the same right it still would have to drive itself well what's interesting with that is once we solve all that problem like we're gonna immediately try and look towards like controlling the weather I guarantee it. Really? Yeah. You think so? What does well, that, that have to do with it? I don't because know. It has nothing. <laughs> what the fuck does the weather have to do listen. with it? Listen. Listen, Linda. Listen. 
if we if we saw what's the biggest issue that you're gonna face if <laughs> on the roadway it's weather bro that's it's, not telling you it's, it's, you know how much bigger of a problem or more yeah, complex control the climate we're gonna get a god complex like we just solved everything there, yeah. well they're already toying with the that's idea yeah no, they try that they're already toying yeah. with the idea of spraying uh, the, the particulate matter into the air to lower the Earth's temperature to to, to handle that's, you know the that's warming ridiculous of the, yeah that seems to me like the most you know what science movies science fiction movies always try to teach us is they try to teach us don't that. fuck with that yeah like stop yeah. trying to be yeah. you know your ego gets so big mankind that you think you could do things and then well what yeah ends up that's exactly how I feel with like trying to uh, clone humans and and we're going like way too fast in that direction oh, too oh dude. I th so what's what I think is going to be very interesting is they're now creating. It's just so expensive that it's not market feasible yet. But they're already starting to do lab-grown meat, so you don't need to kill an animal. You could just grow steak. Right, but it's not alive. It's li living cells. It's living cells that they grow but, but in a laboratory. From what the, I mean, stem cells. They're just like individualized cells. So it's not like a real living organism it's well i mean it's a collection it, of cells it is living tissue yeah but it, it's not it wasn't an animal yeah but i they, just wonder what that it, you know what how your body receives that as opposed to like a, a you're not real, eating a soul huh you, you have to you have to really <laughs> consume the soul you need that yeah. it's my american, that's, american psycho it. coming out of here that's right my favorite yeah. part of <laughs> that's the reason why i eat uh animal eat soul yeah. yeah i don't like the flesh. i like it when they scream first oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible we just lost all vegan no, followers we, we, we didn't have any anyway. I know, but for reals they they will grow meat and it's living cells so they'll grow a steak and they could Create it in a way to where they I'm can skeptical. create a particular Bro, type I'm of mystical as fuck. This is the basis of my next science fiction movie, where people start eating this lifeless meat, and as a result, you are what you eat, right? So then you become so you become a zombie. <laughs> you're an artificial Dude, zombie. You just gave it away. You're, yeah, <laughs> your science theories today, man. I tell you what, <laughs> I'm, dro I'm dropping them hot. You know, <laughs> speaking of like disruptors and stuff, what do you think of our, our sponsor, Thrive Market? Do you think that uh, are, it seems like they're making some really big waves right now? Did you guys read the thing that Rachel sent over? They're do they gave us a recap of all of the charitable stuff that they did in uh, 2018, right? Yeah. Justin, uh, you took notes on it. I tried. Yeah, I tried to keep up. They, they're doing so much cool stuff. There was over 106,000 donations uh that they actually donate to the disaster relief for all these different like um uh what, what were the two main hurricanes that, there, that well came there through? was also the fires in california and the fires as well they yeah they donated a ton of money they donated how many thousands of free memberships too to families that couldn't uh, that are couldn't afford it because every time you get a membership at thrive market yeah there's seventy four thousand uh in grocery credits in in child care supplies that they had donated from that so all this money that uh, that we're contributing towards this company, they're utilizing and 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 doing really cool stuff with it. So, well, yeah, this is all the philanthropy work that you're talking about right now. But I was just talking about the its ability to disrupt a a space right now that is, you know, like Whole Foods is not cheap to buy from Whole Foods, and right now Thrive Market is is delivering, you know, organic food for really really cheap in comparison to that and to your door within 48 hours yeah. i mean yeah that that's and i imagine as they grow that it'll just become more efficient the the selection i mean every time i get on there 
I see something new I didn't see before. I mean, the the, the uh, pet food, of course, human food. It's all it's the largest non-GMO online retailer. Um, they and have the, and skincare the, products, and the price point's crazy. Yeah, it's it's really it, it's it's. I think the way they make their money through their memberships, which are inexpensive as hell, but then they also make money through I think their own brand uh, products, the same way Costco does. Mm. No, I I think that's where they make up. Exactly, yeah. it has a ve- it's a very similar model. As Costco, it's the membership thing where you do where you are going to make money is the their own product. Now I got I got some speculation for you, right? Because Whole Foods now has the power of Amazon behind them, right? Yeah. And Amazon, let's let's just be quite frank here, they own shipping. Like they are the kings of getting shit to your door faster than anybody. Yeah. Do you do you foresee Amazon looking at a business like Thrive Market and saying we want to buy gobble them up? Yeah, we want to buy you guys. I don't know. So I think I think if you're Amazon, hmm. uh, you do they definitely hold, keep their eye on them. I'm you sure. do hold a lot of the power. I think Thrive is brilliant by putting a lot of their efforts into philanthropy. I think yeah. that's going to be their saving grace. Yeah. I think if they can grow big enough and fast enough to where. <laughs> They are a billion-dollar-plus company, and they do have a lot of power behind them, and then they're giving so much back and doing so much work. That's going to be the difference. Mm-hmm. I think that's what will make people go, well, wow. Yeah, it's a Amazon- distinctive uh, characteristic that, that uh, consumers are, are definitely going to applaud. They're going to want to put their money into companies that they know are out there doing good things versus – because you see – I mean, you see these big companies getting massive, getting bigger and bigger, and it's like now uh, – it's it's all the more relevant to what they're actually doing with all this power and influence. And everybody. I think that I think to your point, Sal, I think I think that's their only hope. And yeah. I think they're brilliant by doubling down on that, by putting yeah. most of their efforts there. Um, because there will come a time where Amazon will be as efficient or more efficient and have you'll have as, as much access to the things that you are at Thrive. And so the, their only saving grace will be well, it's not really that much cheaper or that much better, and I know that my money is going to this, and I already have a great relationship with this company already, and so therefore- People care I, about that now. I feel like yeah, they do. Amazon has stopped their efforts acquiring uh, as of late versus Walmart has been on a tear uh, acquiring companies. Dude, I got, some, I got some information from a friend of mine that Walmart has invested, I don't know how much money, but a lot of money into creating their own cloud. Oh, wow. really? Yeah. Wow, that's well, that's definitely like tipping think, into Amazon space. I think Walmart is looking at Amazon and saying, "Let's rock let's, and roll," because Walmart is a fucking let's be monster. The Pepsi. Walmart is still a monster, still extremely profitable. Yeah. And Walmart and Amazon will be the two, the two. What do they call them? Titans. Yeah. Colliding, you know. Yeah, Walmart so, so. always had that physical presence, you know, and and they and Walmart owns shipping too. Yeah, people don't realize this, but Walmart well, and they just acquired a shipping company that's like very competitive. They're monsters. They're monsters at it. You know, in fact, there was I forgot what was a Hurricane Katrina or whatever. People were were stranded without water. It was Walmart that was able to get wa- water to people. Yeah, but the government couldn't it's yeah, because it's they awesome. had all these yeah all these uh, shipping lanes set up. So it's kind of yeah, they're super efficient. I mean, they've been around forever. So what did you guys think of that video I showed you earlier? Which one? Uh, the dancing yeah, one? Like, no. Uh, is this a trick question, Sal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, which, which, I remember the video I saw last. <laughs> Randy, Randy, Randy Couture. Yeah, oh, that yeah, one. That one, too. Oh, God. No. oh my God, dude. Because I watched, uh, I love, okay, I don't, like, there's maybe two, maybe three podcasts that I, I listen to besides when I check up on uh, whatever we're doing to make sure we are not we don't sound like shit. Um, <laughs> Fighter and the Kid, I was literally crying. 
Like I was doubled over laughing because they were breaking down Randy Couture's leaked sex video. God. And it was like, it was so funny because they know the guy like personally and everything. And they're like watching him. Uh, well, so the video handle himself. Yeah, so Randy by the but Randy's tour, my favorite fighter of all time. Right, the guy, the greatest American hero. I think he's such. Oh, he's such a badass. But it's a leaked sex video of him. Uh, you know, handling his, himself. Yeah, he's by himself, and he's he's making it happen. <laughs> you know what though makes me feel better? It's like walking in on your parents going out. You know, he's you know? he's a he's okay because Randy Couture is like a superhero. You know, he's like forty something years old when he when he was kicking people's asses in the UFC. Super jacked, you know, charismatic dude. And then you watch this video and you're like, oh, he looks like an average guy. You're like, hey, you're yeah. doing you're doing average things for the average man. Yeah, yeah, like, all right. But the uh, uh, you know, it's funny. I think we've reached a time now in history where a sex video isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Like, no. does anybody really care? No, we care. That he's could you like 20 years ago, if a video of a celebrity leaked where the dude's jacking off on on a cam yeah. on camera. Everybody would freak out. Randy Couture. Now it's like not a big well, deal. Well, you know, wasn't what? Paris Hilton like the first? Yeah. Uh, to really start that whole. She thing? She was the first, and then. Well, and you, then you're the, the one that dropped the American meme thing, right? Yeah. You were talking about that. That gets into that a little bit, right? You know, the generation coming up now um, doesn't seem to care about privacy the same way. Mm. I was, it was interesting. I was talking to my niece, who's in her mid twenties and, and works for Facebook, and uh, we were all at, at this was at Christmas dinner. And we're all talking, and we we're talking about uh, how Katrina, Katrina has two phones, right? She has her, her one for you, and then one for her boyfriend. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Julio. Yes, yeah. he's, he's very excited. Julio. <laughs> that motherfucker never pays for dinner. His hair back. That's, that's, yeah. that's the thing I'm always telling yeah. you. This motherfucker better start picking up the tab and shit. He looks uh, good for 27 too. Yeah. He's got that mature look to his face. Windows always open. You so get home. She, yeah. Yeah, so she's got. <laughs> She's got Julio's phone, and then she has her other phone, right, which is J.J. Albanese, right, so the company she works for, and then she has her, her personal one, right? And the work one is 100% related to work besides Julio, and they and that's what she uses it just for. And then her private one is, you know, anything goes, it's her private one, where my niece has merged her, her two phones and to save money because if companies like Facebook that, that pay for you to have a second cell phone or work phone or whatever – you, what a lot of these kids will do is they'll just say, well, fuck it, I don't want to have two phones. I'll get the extra $100 a month in my pocket and I'll just merge the phones. But then all your private conversations and stuff like that, and that, the company the, the company owns that phone and owns that. So they have access to that anytime they want. Oh, wow. And so everybody at dinner was like giving her a hard time. Like, don't you have photos and pictures you share with your boyfriend? And she's like, yeah, no, I have it in there. And they're like, you know, the company could access any of that. Don't you think that's not very smart? And they were going back and forth. And you could just tell that she doesn't really care. Like that people, and, and I guess someone who's working for Facebook even more so than anybody else is like, you know, they already communicate there. She already knows what they have access to and they're, they're in all your stuff. It's like the generation coming up now just kind of feels like we put everything out there on social media so much that. You know who cares? Yeah, yeah. you know what? It's those, like everybody also, has sex. Everybody does. Everyone yeah, sends she, naked pictures to their boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah, it's but like, she's also a twenty-something-year-old kid. Like, there's things that I definitely didn't care about in my twenties. Then after I had kids, I was like, "Ooh, I hope that." Oh died. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I'm not. Later I'm, the, on, I'm yeah. not. I'm not de defending her saying that that that's smart by any means because you're right. But you know, who's to say though that that's going to be the norm? Like we yeah. we speculate about this that politicians like, oh my god, in twenty years. You're gonna have all this information on them, on but everybody. but it'll be everybody. Well, so that it won't was, be a big what was deal. So different about Trump was like you couldn't like 
it, it just seemed bulletproof in the fact that it didn't phase him. Right? Don't you feel All like the dirt? That don't you feel like him. he's the first the the first wave of that? What we have to come? That and yeah. I think the the future presidents in twenty thirty years from now. It's like, oh yeah, there's a sex tape out with him. Oh yeah, he did. He, you know, he did. He was a uh, you know, shared nudes online, or he did this. So what? So did all the other candidates. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's. That's gonna, what I think. Yeah, it's going to become like yeah. it's not a big deal anymore hmm. because everybody did something stupid when they were 22 and put it on social media, and so who cares yeah, anymore? Yeah, that's the same thing. That's what I. Th- I think the same thing. I think yeah, it's going to no. be so irrelevant at some point. Like nobody's going to care about your porn searches because I'll be able to look yours up too. Yeah. You know, with right. a simple, you know, there's websites now, by the way, where you people could look up your name and they could see like your arrests, your credit history, like they could find all kinds of information right. up about you. It's yeah. kind of interesting when you think about like before, like the evolution of like really clothes and stuff like that, that we're kind of going back to that, right? This, the, the seeing the naked body, seeing sexuality, all those things like that are becoming, they were so taboo before and now it's like, yeah. Not a big deal. It's like well, any day I get on Instagram, I could see nudity. Oh, like oh for- my God. Are you kidding me? Like the average, I don't know. I don't want to say average, but you, you go on Instagram and you see these fitness girls who are in their early 20s. They're kids. They're children. And they're doing poses and stuff in, the, in their Instagrams that 20 years ago would have been considered like like soft core porn. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like bending it's over. Definitely on Skinamax. Exactly. Yeah. And they're in their like early 20s. And here's the crazy part. Back back then, there was always this debate like, hey, would you like pose for Playboy if they offered you $5 million? This big debate like, mm, I don't know. It'd be a big deal. I don't know if I'd do it. These kids are doing it for free. Yeah. Yeah. They're not making I know. shit. What? That's so crazy. They have 3,000 followers. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, it's, and they're posing you know, half naked on there. And it's hilarious wow. to me. It's silly. Yeah. Just for attention. Well, I always wonder because I know everyone's chasing the the American meme, you know, Paris Hilton type of model, which is you know get all this fame and then pivot. Into- fame was worthless. You don't want yeah. it. If you can use it and leverage it to make a business out of it, that's fine. But you talk to anybody who's got fame and yeah. has a has a business out of it, they'll tell you they wish you could take the fame part away. Well, I would I I would just be interested to know like that's why I brought this up before about having one on the show is because I don't think that there's that much money in it for them either. Yeah. I mean, how many things have you guys bought after you know all the butthole models that you follow and you look at in the morning time? Like, <laughs> how many of them have you purchased something that they are advertising? I don't know. I don't follow uh, any. <laughs> What? Yeah. Are you trying to put us on blast? Yeah, what the hell is that all about, Adam? I don't know anybody that does that. You know, what he, you know what he's doing, right, Justin? Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah he's but trying, you guys, hey, you know. Yeah, because he got in trouble the other subscription, day. subscription. <laughs> like, how long do you keep it? Yeah, he got yeah. in trouble the other day, so he's like, hey, hey so, <laughs> Katrina, did you listen to the episode last night? Yeah. yeah. See, everybody does See, it. these guys are way worse than me. <laughs> you yeah. know, they're following these girls. Yeah, no. They don't make, they don't make any money. So, what I'm saying is you can leverage fame to make some money if you're smart, but if you make money off of your fame, I, I guarantee well, if you find somebody who's famous and makes money off their fame and you and you ask them secretly behind closed doors, do you wish you could have the same level of success but eliminate the fame part and be anonymous and private? Nine out of ten of them, I guarantee you would say yes. Well, I think it depends on where they're at in that and the, if they're in the rise or they've peaked already in it. Because I, I think if you, some people just want the fame. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's where I'm arguing crazy. that. I think if, if you get somebody who's on the rise and who's seeking that fame. They would tell. They would say otherwise. They would say, "Oh, I love the. F- they love the fame. They yeah. love the attention." Maybe someone like a Paris Hilton or someone who's had all the fame, has all the money, been that, and then is like, "Okay, ten years of not being able to eat at a restaurant without a camera going off or someone interrupting you." Okay, I'm over it now. I th- I think I don't even think it's cool for. Uh, think about that. Like it might be cool one or two times. 
After that, you're like, that's it. I don't think about it this way. Uh, that's your personal opinion. Well, yeah, how about that's this? You. Look at look at this way. You lived in a small town, and I'm not disagreeing with you. Well, well, let me ask you this. You lived in a small town, right? Yes, yes. So in a small town, everybody knows. Your everybody shit. knows you. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't drive down. There was one main strip. So we used to. It was funny. There was a thing that we used to do. I used to drive in my little lowered Acura Integra. And you would drive with the window down, and like I would, me, 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 I would, me, 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 me. I would rest my arm so fast, so on furious. the side of the window because literally every third car was somebody who you knew. Like you I fist knew. Bump them out no, there. yeah, you just kind of. Eh, what's up? It's like how the you know uh, like Harley guys when they go by, or like a Jeep, a person, yeah. Jeep person oh, passing another Jeep person. Yeah, when they kind of give thumb, but it's just yeah. you see Little so many nod. people that you know in town. It's it's just the you know it's just a courtesy. Make sure you wave just, as you go by. You do that all day long. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's funny. It's silly to me, and it's just all it's all uh, ego. Like all these kids who want all this attention for nothing, yeah. just so they could feel maybe better about themselves. But the reality is, it's not. You don't really feel better. It's hollow. Yeah. It's not a real type of attention. You know what I'm saying? It's just a bunch of people. Well, it's just an extension, uh, an exaggeration of when we were kids and we wanted to be popular. Yeah, and we wanted to be, you yeah, know, it's a well great, liked, uh, and get invited to all the cool parties. Instagram's and, the new high school. But yeah, you well, now they they put a metric to it now. Yeah, but you don't get invited to the cool parties anymore. You know what I'm saying? You got okay. T- oh, I, I have ten thousand followers. Know, Nobody's inviting you to anything. Well, that's just because you're I don't not know, cool. Though. Yeah, but I mean, you, you don't have you don't yeah, have fifty thousand. You're not cool enough to get invited. That's all. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're still happening. I think I'm I cool. get invited. Yeah. Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get those, those invitations. You're the creepy old guy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> that time has passed. American Psycho. What was the thing on the forum? That, oh yeah, that no. Was, someone said oh, it was a question. Actually, if, if we asked. were a movie, what yeah. would a we spirit be? movie? What would be our spirit movie? Yeah, and they suggested. I thought it was accurate, dude. They said that you were American Psycho, which is that's a terrible. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, like spot on. So, mine is cheap. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when people try to do that for me. The cheap, easy way is, is some like racist thing about being Italian, right? So it's my cousin uh, Vinny yeah. is your movie. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. Yeah, but you're Pick a better one. You're but you're a proud Italian, so it's not. Bad. I'm, I'm not. I'm American. I was born here. Yeah. I mean, my parents are Italian. Yeah, but you have Italian pride in you for sure. I mean, yeah. you're you're fucking. I mean, Rocky yeah, would Rocky be the other would one. Have, so. Yeah, you, I would have assumed but that's that too easy. Star Wars for me, but yeah, would they pick Bill and Ted's is perfect. Like that is like. I mean, I, I grew up. That was one of my favorite movies, just because of the uh, the dialogue, the banter. It was just silly. Wild Stallion. Yeah. 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 yeah, dude, a hundred percent. Yeah, Wayne, Wayne's that. World or Bill and Ted's for you for sure. Yeah, I, I think I would. Totally. Wayne's World was great. Oh, yeah, I loved Wayne's World. That was a great movie. Classic. Yeah. Rocky. Garth. I loved Rocky, but mainly it was a great love story. I know we've had this argument before, we but did. Yeah. the first Rocky is one of the greatest love stories of all time. <laughs> I mean, his delivery was... It's, was it's totally true. Don't, don't bring that argument back up. It's totally true. That went on for like three episodes, like 400 episodes uh, ago or yeah. whatever. More than that. It was a long time ago. It was probably like 700 episodes. That was like one of the first yeah. uh, debates on the forum that like grew a huge thread yeah. when we were really small. Yeah. And I remember going back and forth, and like you had like we had a, a big argument over it. It was yeah. a big deal. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm glad I won that one. <laughs> I don't think you did. <laughs> so American Psycho, that's the movie with uh, what's his name, Christian Bale. Yeah, and he's hella skinny, and that's he's, the one where he's sweaty. He's, he's just, having sex with that girl. He's, he's flexing. And he's, 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 he's while he's having sex yeah. stories, like flexing and looking in the mirror, like yeah. yeah. He's like yeah. I'm I don't man. think I do that a lot. I'm so you know? good. 
Yeah. <laughs> like not not every time. <laughs> do you do that? You you watch yourself? Not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, the bed sex? sheets are all similar. You know, like the, the mirrors. Every, I get it. You does know? he have silk sheets in that one? I feel like he does. She's like, babe, why are you putting a mirror next to my head while we're having sex? Don't worry about it, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for you. <laughs> it's not for you. I like to look at my face. While Just I have fist bump in yourself. Anyway, yeah. dude, uh, that article I sent you on the on the cannabis recall. Oh, I, so what's the deal with that? I feel like, and again, you owe another, another apology to me. Huh? This was, yeah, another, yeah, you forget all the ones where I was yeah. all right on something. When we discussed way back when on, on this show about testing with uh, like Steep Hill and these and these uh, outside companies for these cannabis, and then you would go in and you would read, oh, it's 27% THC, this shit's hella strong. And I told you, man, they've been fucking faking those tests for yeah. so long. You would, what you would do is you, and, and this one's about pesticides, right? So what they recalled a whole bunch. I think it was over ten thousand or something pounds. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like I think it was eight, was it ten ten thousand like a massive amount. Yeah, I thought it was like eight hundred fifty, but it was like so it was a lot, right? Of of pounds of weed. It's a big difference. Yeah. Ten thousand. Well, so eight hundred fifty pounds is a fuck ton of weed. Still, uh, I mean, it, whatever you know, eight fifty ten thousand. It's still a ton. The point though that I was making back then was that. And what this was was bad on the testing lab part. So supposedly the 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 lab that was testing was was uh, falsifying the documents for the the saying person. that they were passing. Yeah, saying that they were passing. Mm-hmm. But I was saying that from the 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 club perspective, because this is what I controlled. You know, we could easily manipulate that by providing the nug that I wanted to provide to be tested. And so So it's not consistent. The yeah, whole I mean I could have a I could have a massive tree that that produced five pounds to seven pounds of marijuana for me and the bottom three quarters of it has got mold all over it and spider mites. Uh, yeah. But then I have a top cola over here that's perfect because it's so big of a tree and I could take that cola, I could send that in to get tested. The cola is a big nug. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So they I call us donkey dicks too, don't they? Whoa. Yeah, it might be a slang name for it. Okay. Yeah. Cola is not a slang name. In no. my house, that's what they call so it. So you you would you would send that in and get it tested, and if it it turned out great, then you would say that this whole batch from this tree is at this percent THC, and it's at this it's this clean. Bro, and- it's eight hundred and fifty batches. Which is tens of thousands of pounds. Uh, okay, so it was tens. Yeah, of so that are going to have to be returned and destroyed. So you know what's going to happen with the price of marijuana in California? It's going to go through the fucking roof, because that's a lot of cannabis in uh, in in these you know local dispensaries. Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing: the, the the reason why this happened is because the regulations are so strict and stringent on cannabis that they have to measure pesticides in parts per billion. And what they're arguing is that they don't even necessarily have equipment that can do that. Wow. And so, again, this is another, you know, this is, again, this is, what is it, the state overreaching and oh, overstepping yeah, yeah, yeah. and causing some insanity. So it's just going to strengthen the black market. The, the, entire time that I, right. I, the entire time that I was doing that stuff, it was always that. It's like they, they pass some law or rule that most people think, oh, this is good, like, you know, we if I would want my my marijuana to be clean and safe, but they don't understand the repercussions of that, or they don't understand the logistics of that. That oh, but there's nobody who. But owns, it's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible to do. Nobody owns that machine. So what did we really just do? Right now, we just drove the black market yeah, up. Just, we literally just and so they would do this all the time. I mean, they did that with all the the taxation when it got to a point 
where They're like we'll legalize it but tax it at 90 percent. well now you've oh, cool. not legal it's basically right illegal. so we were i remember we were having to sell like an eighth of weed in order to just make the club operate not to crush not to make a ton of money just to operate like we are having to sell an eighth of weed for like 60 dollars and you could go on the street and get it for 40 and uh, as good of, as good of product or better and so you know they did all this stuff and everyone's like oh celebrating like oh this is great we're you know yeah cuz what happens is you have a legal market that's so regulated that the black market then and the black market's always competing with the with the legal market this is what people don't realize is it's all a market it's black market legal market gray market doesn't matter it's all a market and so the black market is competing with the with the legal market now the legal market can outcompete the black market with quality, but if the price is super, super high, then what will end up happening is the producers for the legal market will start going to the black market, same quality, cheaper price. It's all competitive. It's all a market. And so when people pass regulations and they pass laws, they think you know, economics is, is magical unicorns that, oh, if we pass a law that says everybody should be rich, then that's it. Tomorrow, everyone's going to be rich. Or if we pass a law that says all food needs to be like this, well, that's it. It's all going to yeah. be that way. No, you got to understand how this all works, and they're fucking it up. You know, wasn't gonna- that one article you posted on the forum uh, about the um, Standard Oil? Yeah, all about that. Yeah, no, that was what about was that? what that was about the the how there was there's a, there's a common story that you know there were there were monopolies that needed to get broken up uh, during the Industrial Revolution. It's actually, if you really look into it, it's not true at all. Um, if you really look into the economics behind all that, and that's a whole other That's a different discussion. Yeah, that's a whole yeah. other d- different discussion. You know about marijuana oil or oil like- No, 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 no standard no, no, oil. Yeah, standard oil. Oh, yeah, standard oil. Monopolies and how they regulated yeah, yeah. to now, try and prevent it from you know, happening. They actually created it. Now, speaking of uh, of cannabis, you've been off or reduced your your consumption for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Did you take the new testosterone test? I just I just took it. This so morning? I, yeah, I took it this morning. Um, I got to send it off, so- Now, you suspect- that it's higher now. It feels I, higher. Yeah, I don't know. Could, Katrina thinks so uh, because of my sex drive, but I I, I speculated this with you. I, I'm very interested to see this test. I mean, I'm, uh, I because remember what happened to me. I did the I did the Everly Well test uh, two times, and it was always pretty stable, right in the middle. I would say of where it's supposed to be. Then I reduced my cannabis considerably um, for about three months. Then I went and took another Everly Well test, and my number was much higher. Well, I'm glad you brought up Everly Well right now because you just reminded me of something—a thread that I saw on the forum that I think we should address. Um, and you know, there was some people that were giving pushback that, oh, there's a lot of things that are coming out uh, in the news with, in regards to a lot of these at-home tests and the food sensitivity tests. What yes, they were talking about and and how accurate they can be. Yeah, so food sensitivity tests—the way that they work is they'll take a blood sample and they'll measure. I believe they're called IgG antibodies, which are different than the antibodies that cause a uh, an allergic reaction. So when they're testing for an allergic reaction. I believe they're testing for IgE antibodies. Now, when you have a food intolerance, it's not an allergy, right? So if, if I eat gluten, for example, I don't get anaphylactic shock. I don't get you know hives and, and you know swelling and all that stuff. But I start to get di- digestional issues. And if I keep pushing it, I notice skin issues and stuff like that. So it's a different type of an immune reaction that we label as an intolerance. And they, there's definitely a connection between IgG antibodies and intolerances. The problem is it's not as clear cut as that because mm. there's such a there's such a complex array of things that's happening in your body when you react to food 
that you can't just narrow it down to, do you have these types of antibodies to that type of food? Hmm. Now, that being said, which is why these food sensitivity tests are not foolproof. So like Everlywell makes these food sensitivity tests where you could take it and it'll tell you foods that you have demonstrated to have these, these types of antibodies to. It's not perfect. We've known this for a long time. But what it is, is it's a good starting point. Well, this is the, my response to this and I'm, and why I wanted to bring it up is it's it's so funny when, when people get like this. They, they expect all these things to be so perfect and they want it to be accurate. And they use that as like this, like, oh, I, I, I wasn't successful because of that. It's, it reminds me like the Fitbit argument. Like it's it, who cares if it's not a hundred percent accurate to what you're what you're testing for, what it does a great job though is help point people in the right direction right. of something you would have no fucking idea about had you not done that. Yeah. And the same thing goes with the Fitbit stuff. Like, who cares if it's five hundred calories difference of what your real maintenance caloric level is? You wouldn't even know that if you didn't start tracking. You wouldn't have any idea at all. Yeah, you wouldn't have any idea at all if you didn't use that tool. We now have very cool tools now that allow us, like through a company like Everywell, to test all these things to help enlighten you on something that you may be missing that you had no fucking idea. Yeah. Like to me, that is to me that that's worth a hundred dollars. Well, so this I is mean, how that, I, that's a no fucking bre- or forty dollars for half totally. the test. So this is how I would use the Everywell food sensitivity test because the gold standard is still the elimination diet, which literally means you eliminate most foods. Except for the ones you're pretty positive you don't have an intolerance to, which sometimes means people go carnivore. Uh Like sometimes it means people go carnivore, eliminate everything, and then slowly reintroduce one food at a time. Now, that sounds tedious. It sounds like it takes a long time. It's a pain in the ass. It's very disruptive on your life because it is. So when you take a food sensitivity test through a company like Everlywell, you take the test, it points out, a good place to start. So what I would do is I'd take the test, I'd go through the list of foods it says I'm intolerant to, and I would eliminate those and start there. Yeah. So now I don't have to eliminate everything. Oh, much more simple. It's a lot easier. I was going to ask you, because I'm not familiar, I've heard this thrown around quite a bit by our functional medicine people that come in, the FODMAPS Mm. protocol. Like, What does that entail? Do you know the details of that? I forgot what FODMAPS stands for, but these are, I think it's fructans, uh, oleosaccharides. I can't remember what it's all, it's all, dye, Anyway, FODMAP stands for a, a group of uh, things in food that tend to have, it's an abbreviation referring to fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and uh, polyols. So what these, these foods tend to cause problems in people. So this is another pl- good place to start. If you think you have food intolerances, go on a low FODMAP diet and see if you get improvement. Type of deal. Yeah. Now That's it's all. and it's only the. It's food, all general though. And it's yeah, only it's the food sensitivity test that this. It's a little. It's more the gray area when you look when we talk about like what I just take what I just took the testosterone test. Oh, that's accurate. It's supposed to be really accurate. Yeah, it's right? measuring yeah. your your free testosterone in your saliva. Okay. Because yeah. that was what the the thread was about. One of the one of the ladies posted her. I forget who it was. Posted her results and her test levels were pretty high. Pretty high. And I think her cortisol levels were pretty high. And she was kind of worried about it. Well, and she then, was also she's also on some hormone treatments, I believe, which can mm-hmm. definitely throw those things off, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Oh yeah, see, I don't remember the details yeah. of her, but I know she posted the, her, the way her results. Would, it caused a big thread, and then a lot of people that were kind of calling us out on that they were surprised that we would attach ourselves to a company like this. And so I wanted to address it. I think it's important yeah. that people understand that um, uh, we 100 percent support what Everly Well is doing, and I think it's a great 
great tests and 90% of the tests are extremely accurate. And then you have the exceptions of the rule with the food sensitivity, which there's just not a lot of really good yeah. things out there to do that. But still, I think it's valuable. It's still extremely oh, valuable information. This feedback is really important. You know, and like I, I really appreciate what they're doing with that, and like to to find and identify these things too. Even with my kids, like to find out specifics. You know, it really helps to then try to foster more of a healthy. I make all my experience. family and friends take them. I, yeah. I know freaking Enzo just his dad bought what twenty nine, twenty six, twenty six tests, tests yeah. for the family and yeah. stuff like that. Like, no, I highly recommend. Well, look, here's the deal: you can definitely go to your doctor and you can have them prescribe you a host of blood tests, and those are going to be very accurate, obviously. But here's the problem. you got to go through your doctor to do it. It's a pain in the ass to do. you got to go to the laboratory to do it. And then here's the part that I don't like. When I do tests on my hormones and stuff, I like to change my lifestyle and then see what's making me feel better and what's affecting me. Right. Now you got to go back to your doctor and be like, hey, doc, I know I just had a blood test two months yeah. ago, but I just changed this about my diet. Can I get another blood test to see if it affected me? You know what your doctor is going to say? No. No. They're, or they're going to say, how, well, do you feel different? I'm like, well, I think I feel different. No, we're not going to give yeah. you. You know how big of a pain in the ass Come it is Come back to do that? in like, yeah, like a year. Yeah, exactly. For What I like to do with the Everlywell test is a test is, you know, $50 to $100. Yeah. I'll order five of them. Yeah. And that's the whole year. Right. And then I'll do one testosterone test every two or three months and I'll change things in my diet. I'll change my sleep. Yeah. I'll change my cannabis consumption. I'll take these supplements. Okay, here's another one. There's testosterone boosters, one of the largest segment of the sup muscle building uh, supplement market is these boost these testosterone boosters and for women there's a huge segment with these hormone balancers like if you're estrogen dominant or if your progesterone is all whatever take these herbs and pills and they're supposed to help balance you out you don't know for sure unless you test it well how nice is it to have an at-home test where you can actually take a testosterone booster for a month, take the Everly Well test and be like, didn't do anything for me, never buying that again. Right. right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, right. What's really working? Exactly. Like, let's exactly. Find that out. Like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have known. I did know that I felt different when I re really reduced cannabis and right. changed my diet. Because I also had changed my like, diet. I'm just focused on sleep, you know, and like see what that just did for me. Right? Exactly. Like, you just weigh it out. Of all the things that you can monitor that will affect your fitness progress, including you know, building muscle burning body fat and athletic performance uh, in the gym or on the field, you, you have nutrition, obviously, activity, obviously, your sleep, obviously, lifestyle, obviously, and your hormones. That's the other big one. But, you know, we, we go by feel, which is important. You always want to go by feel. But also, you just, you might not know. Like, how shitty would it be that you're, let's say you're trying, and I've done this with clients before where they're busting their ass, they're working out, doing nutrition. It's just not, something's not right. It's not working. They're holding lots of water. Their water fluctuation is crazy every time they get on the period, like way more than normal. Appetite seems crazy. We've, we're, we're looking at all the factors we can control, can't figure it out. They will get hormone tested and they figure, oh, wow, look at this. There's a few things that are off that I would not have known otherwise. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think it's I think it's very valuable. So whatever. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, there's no, a, I'm glad we addressed it. It's a good I'm, rant. No, no, no. I wanted to address it. I saw it on the forum yeah. last so, night. So I wanted to bring something up that I thought was uh, was fascinating. So the other day, we brought up um, like at home, if you like at home fitness equipment, like you know, at, seen on TV fitness equipment, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And we were making fun of some of them, and you know how they're all pretty much garbage, right? Okay. So I looked up the shake weight. I was on a walk this morning uh, with Jessica. Don't tell me you're defending it right no, now. No, no, no. Hold on a second. Right, right, so right. I'm on a walk with Jessica, and we're, I was telling her about this. 
And I'm like, you know, I said, oh, what was it? Oh, it was cold. It's cold this morning. And she goes, I wish I had a blanket with sleeves. And I'm like, well, they did invent that. It was the Snuggie. Yeah, right. Snuggie. Yeah. And I'm like, could you imagine if you like, if you invented the Snuggie, made all this money, yeah. move into this amazing neighborhood, big old mansion, your neighbors come up to you. They're the Snuggie all, mansion. They're all, yeah, they're all successful. And they're like, oh, what do you do for a living? And like, how embarrassing. Be like, uh, pff, I invented the Snuggie. Yeah, the you snuggie. know what I mean? <laughs> and we were laughing. She's like, they don't make that much money. And so we had this debate, and I'm like, yes, they do. Oh, my God, are you kidding me? I'm like, they make a ton of money. So I said, the guy who invented or the girl who invented the shake weight became a multimillionaire. She's like, no way. There's no way. She's like, it's a shitty, it doesn't work. I said, I guarantee it. So I looked it up. The shake weight, you ready for this? It broke a bunch of records. In 2010, eight years ago. Yeah. 2010, forty million dollars in sales. Wow! Look up the thigh master. Oh, that one's it beats billions. all of them. Yeah, billions. All of them. The, the shittiest product ever known to the fitness space. It's <laughs> it's it's a spring. I don't know. It goes between your fucking Sh- thighs, shake weight is a, is a fucking close. Well, shake second. weight is like it's it's got that ironic, funny. You know, like people buy it to as, as a, a joke. joke. It's yeah. the same thing with the snuggie. Like, yeah, jokes on you. That guy just made a, a, an ass ton of money yeah. all at your expense. So that was in 2010. 2010, 40 million dollars in well, sales. Now, did, did you did it show where they're at now? Or no, they, I didn't look it cause up. Because you're right. I mean, I've bought at least. Three shake weights as like joke gifts. Did you really? Yeah. I bought one at Walmart for a video. And yeah. I was like, what am I doing? Yeah, no, I've, we've, <laughs> yeah. we've bought them, we've bought them as, as like prank gifts for sure. Wow. So that's, that's pretty crazy when you think about that. Like, there's a know, whole market for that. Yeah. If you want, you make something just stupid and ridiculous, like people will buy it. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah. All the idiots will buy it thinking it actually works. And then the, then the another yeah. half of us will buy it thinking <laughs> yeah, it's Yeah, exactly. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, you get people that are like, oh, that's, this sounds like shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that oh, tug- I, I could get abs by doing this. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. $40 yeah. million. Dollars, piece of crap. Piece Perfect. of fitness equipment. Wow. Yeah. And dumbbells, you know. Dumbbells don't make nearly as much. Oh, I wonder too if that person did something like I think there's a a lot of companies and people that do the as seen on TV and they do multiple products. Of course, because once you have the formula down, you get it. You're like, oh, all I have to do is I've got all the connections, I have the relations to get into. It's get, a hack. Yeah, it's a hack. Total hack. Yep. And it's like now all it's really got to come up with a cool commercial, get some sexy ripped guy and you know dark and sweat running down his abs, and he yeah. could be doing anything, and I'll sell X amount of them. Like, brilliant, dude. Absolutely, oh, yeah. it really it's, is. It's the formula, dude. It still exists. Did you guys are you guys looking forward to the John Jones fight? Oh, <laughs> oh didn't he get, didn't he? Fail yeah, again, his test bro, again? I'm so over that motherfucker. Right, I'm so over. How can you do? How can you it's fuck up same, that many times? It's the same substance. It's uh, the Tyrannobol, I believe. Uh, that they found the trace elements of that from. I mean, his original argument was that it was in the supplement, right? And so it's the same substance they found the second time. Like, like, how does that even happen? Like and, and they're they're saying that well maybe speculative wise that it it still is in his system and they were targeting that specific substance but like to have it for that it's been a really long time yes it has well the the rumor is that Dana's trying to cover it all up just to still make it happen yep. yeah aren't yeah. they moving it to somewhere else yeah, yeah they somewhere. moved it into California so that way they get away from USADA and all the regulations in Nevada. Wow. So they're able to kind of work around that to make it I don't slabby. get that. If you're at that high of a level, people are already watching you. You got fucked up. Didn't he get he popped for dr- for for anabolics? He got popped for co- cocaine, didn't he? Yeah. Well, after listening to Romano and in the interview we did with him, uh, you know, he really kind of changed my perspective on it. 
it seems to me that almost everybody, if damn, if not damn near ninety percent of everybody, is taking everything and anything. It's just they some know of, how to pass it. Yeah, just some of these motherfuckers actually spend the money and time and hire the right people to help them pass it correctly, and then the other ones are just idiots. Well, he needs to fire that guy. Yeah, right. That he has. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, whoever not doing a good job. Whoever John's listening to uh, to get him to pass these tests is is you know he was probably like oh dude they found this they'll never like you know trace this substance again <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go for it yeah. this this time it'll work yeah, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. he, he's the same guy good that, plan the same guy that put makes a safe uh in combination one two three four they'll never guess that <laughs> it's too obvious nobody would ever yeah. think nobody would guess yeah. they think only an idiot would test that. for that same substance yeah right did i ever share on this podcast when i was moving when uh and i and i my safe got i the you know i had one of those uh electrical uh uh, doot, 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 you know, fucking uh, <laughs> safes, you know, what's it, what are they, doot, 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 you know, yeah. what's the word yeah, I'm looking just for? A, just, a, just a keypad. It's just a keypad. Like, yeah, uh, thanks, Doug. Uh, 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 <laughs> keep throwing terms out there. Yeah. Yeah. Beep, boop, He's beep, doing boop, charades boop. over there. Yeah. So like R2-D2 has it. Beep, boop, boop, boop. But I, it was, I forget the name of the brand, but I had, I and I didn't have a bunch of stuff in there. I just had like passports and like some old signed baseball cards and just random shit that I had in there that of, of value to me inside this safe. And it and the battery died and then the the thing never worked again. And they oh, wow. they have a, a key in case you do it. But I think I actually set well, the put the key inside. You put the, the key in the safe. <laughs> yeah. So my shit was locked out forever. And I'm like, well, thank God there's nothing in there I need like right away. And so for like a year or two. It was all locked up. Well, then we we moved not that long ago, so I had to get in it, and uh, I was like, "Fuck, what do I do? Like, I don't know what, what I'm gonna do." You gotta like blow it up. And I had it bolted to the wall, right? So it was all it was good. It's not coming with me, you know. Or I'm gonna rip the stud off the wall just to get this thing out of here. And so I get online. I'm like, you know what? Let me see if someone's YouTubed how to get into this safe. Oh, and wow. I literally put the safe brand in, and like you know, I did like oh, break. My God. First one popped right up. Dude did it with a paper clip. Took him like ninety seconds to do it. I it took me about five minutes. I practiced Just immediately rendered it useless. Wait a minute, you 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 were able to like pick the lock with a fucking fuck you. safety pin. No way. Wow. Yes, the safe that's been s- keeping my stuff safe for the last yeah. ten years yeah. in my house. Impenetrable safe. Yes. <laughs> Look at a a paperclip could break it in. Guy wow. did it on this video, and I son of a bitch. I I must have messed with it for less than five minutes. And cracked open that safe. He did a great tutorial. Kudos to that guy. Wow. But I mean, God damn it! Is that not crazy though? It makes you think. Well, immediately now, if I ever buy a safe, I'm gonna check YouTube first. Should 100. Yeah. Yeah. I so that's what, crazy. What reminded me of this, and I didn't say anything at Christmas because she was so excited to receive it as a gift. Is my brother-in-law bought his wife like a really not this this safe. You know, same so, one. Oh, the same, same one. one <laughs> it's so right like, away. Hey, bro. Like you sent him a text. Yeah, like I didn't want to be a <laughs> dick and be like, oh, by the way, that's really easy to break yeah. into. So you may as well just bought her a box. Just make sure no paper clips are around. Yeah. And you'll oh. be fine. Wow. Yeah, crazy, right? Uh. This quaz brought to you by Organify. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from Matt Beat Drum. 
please explain the benefits of a front squat over a back squat. Mm. You know what? What is the difference? Uh, enough. I, I, I really think front squats are not praised enough. No. Because they're hard, bro. They are hard. We, we talk so much about back squats you and know how what? awesome they no. are. Front squats. People avoid hard things. Front squats are the incline barbell press of the, of the bench press. It's the it's like the ugly stepchild that nobody likes to do because they're not as good at it as they are flat bench. Flat bench is you can do most people can do significantly more on the flat bench. Therefore, they neglect the incline. Mm. But I tell you what, I've talked about it on the show before. Some of the greatest gains I ever saw in my chest was when I put the same effort towards my incline chest press as I did as a flat bench. Huge difference on my chest. I feel the same way about front squats. Front mm. squats are one of those things that. Man, I saw some of my biggest gains when I really started to push the front squats mm-hmm. to see if I could get my strength up in that. When I was pushing over 315 on front squats, man, I felt like my quads blew up. Yep, same. But it's so but it's challenging, right? It's like you're you're always oh, probably yeah. gonna be able to do a little bit more, if it's not more a lot, technical. lot more on the back squat. So people yeah. always gravitate towards it because it's And there's easier. ways to get around it. You know, there's ways of folding your arms and resting the bar, you know, up on your shoulders and all that kind of stuff. You don't have wrist mobility, but um, you know, I'm always like in the camp of trying to learn, you know, the proper way of doing uh, the technique. And so, you know, there's, there's ways of, of accomplishing what you want to accomplish with it too, by like adding, uh, towels and getting a grip there to get your elbows up in the right position. And so you can, you know, there, there's ways to approach. It. I just feel like it is, there's a barrier there because it is a, a higher skill, uh, to learn it. I, you know, I'm going to debate the higher skill aspect of it because I think the reason why it's more difficult for people they is don't do it. they don't do it. Because, uh. the, because think about it this way. I, I, I'm going to make a point here. When I train deconditioned uh, clients or people who don't work out and they're new to exercise or even people in advanced age, I start them out with a front squat before I do a back squat. Now, I'm not doing weight. Like they don't have a barbell across the front of their shoulders, but it's a broomstick. And the, the way I'm, I'm putting the broomstick across the front of their shoulders with their arms straight out in front of them before I'm putting anything on their back. Because mm. doing a back squat also requires a lot of shoulder mobility. Core it requires strength. Different type yeah. of core strength. A front squat is – front-loaded squats are arguably um, more natural um, and maybe even more functional for the average person. Think about it. Well, you hmm. carry things in front of you. You're never, yeah. you, you squat know, and put things down. Nobody ever takes a, a couch and yeah, throws it, it on their back. back. Yeah, no, you pick it up in front of you and you carry it. So Sure, but it's way more uncomfortable unless you have, in terms of like your, your shoulder mobility – uh, that could be a, a huge barrier for backloaded squats, but right. you know, in terms of like wrists and, um, and just the placement of it, like a lot of people are very turned off by that, so it's like they avoid it. Well, you're doing the the you're talking about the Olympic lifting, yeah, the, the real ones. front rack, right? Yeah. I, I the way a lot of people can do them, I think, is with the cross grip, the old school bodybuilding style. Yeah. Which you can still use, and it's still going to give you a lot of the benefit. Or, I mean, a, a goblet squat is literally a, a front squat. A front squat. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's, just oh, yeah. A, it's a variation of it because the way you're cupping That's a, the best way to approach it, yeah, if it's, yeah. you have well, any limitation. The, there's, so getting a little more technical on the benefits of it. So obviously you you are putting a little more emphasis on the, you know, the front of the body, right? Mm-hmm. So your quads and your core, your abdominals are having to work more than if it was on your, on your back. So... Uh, there's the big difference there. I mean, it's you, much more of an upright squat. Yeah, which that's why I actually love to teach it because a lot of people who never really squatted before, and when you get them on a back loaded squat, uh, fold. 
you know, they fold over, they let their chest fall way too far forward mm-hmm. um, and uh, compromise their low back where if you do a front squat, you it's you have to be upright. Mm-hmm. You can't hold the you can't hold the bar up there unless you are upright. So it's a to me, it's actually an exercise like you, Sal. I like to teach early on. So I'm either teaching a front squat or a goblet squat. Like to, a front like a version of a yeah, front squat. Yeah, a yeah. version of a front squat first to teach those good mechanics of sitting upright and tall so they can feel like and that you'll notice too, most people can get a lot deeper with that into a squat on a front loaded squat than they can a back loaded squat. Years ago I went through a period where I wanted to get really good at a front squat. So up at this point mm-hmm. I had gotten and I was a lot heavier this is back when I would bulk up and stuff and I had gotten my back squat up to 420 or 430, something like that. I was in the low 400s, which is a lot of weight for me. I'm not a, I'm not a huge squatter. But my front squat was terrible because I never did it. So I would go front squat, you know, two, two plates, and I just didn't feel stable or strong. And so I thought to myself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to not do any back squats for a while. I'm going to just try and get really good at doing front squats. And so I treated front, front squats as a strength move. And I got my front squat up quite a bit. I got it up to the point where I was doing the mid 300s for really low reps, you know, three reps or whatever. My legs got. Oh, I'm uh, sure they exploded. Oh, incredible gains in my legs. Yeah. Um, and now keep in mind, I was still deadlifting at the time. I was still doing Romanian deadlifts. I was still doing my normal conventional deadlifts. I was still doing good mornings. So, whatever posterior chain I was losing from not doing the back squats, I was easily making up for with the, the deadlifts and stuff. But here's the crazy part. When I went back to back squats, my back squats felt very, very strong. Yeah. And it's very similar to your story with the, with the flat bench and the incline yeah. bench. Like you go back to the flat bench and you're real strong. I think, now it wasn't, this wasn't true for a long time, what I'm about to say, but this is becoming more and more true today. Now people know the value of a back squat. They know that it's the king of all exercises. It's one of the best exercises you could do. But now with that, people are are are. I, I think they're abusing it in the sense that that's all they do, and they forget yeah. that they can get benefits from doing. Well, and stuff. I think we, we had to highlight the fact that how the importance of the posterior chain, and and there's really like the the main you know too with backloaded squats and, and deadlifts, like uh, accomplish that, and it's it's one of those things that um, because like even especially in athletics, like you. You could see like an immediate sort of transfer and carryover of a front-loaded squat or even a heel-raised front-loaded squat and how that applies to strength and performance on the field versus like, you know, the importance of the posterior chain and really getting that involved, you know, and stabilizing. And um, so I think that it just got more highlighted as a need and then just became, you know, more the emphasis. One of the best workouts I I ever did just for overall leg mass and size. And you guys know my upper legs can get pretty pretty big one of my best workouts ever was back squats to front squats to romanian deadlift like that Ugh. workout right there and that's a that's a monster yeah that's a, that's a monster right there so if you're listening and you're like oh i want to try that like don't do it unless <laughs> you have good strength you, you're pretty advanced because it'll it'll mess you up yeah. yeah but that's one of the best combinations i've ever done for my leg development yeah. but i like i said i really do think that the front squat doesn't get the credit that it deserves. It's one of the top five best exercises in my in my personal opinion. It's interesting. Pe- I, I think I actually front squatted more than I back squatted throughout. If, if I were to add it up, just probably because be- you did so many cleans. Exactly. And stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And that that was a major focus, and it 
it definitely helped. Um, it helped my back back squat like, of tremendously. Course. Well, I mean, it makes sense. You're you're the best squatter at all of us for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, strength wise, I mean, you it, you have the best looking squat out of all three of us, and I'm sure that all those years of front squatting definitely attributed to that. Definitely. Too. And it, however rare a back squat used to be in the gyms, the front squat was even more rare. Nobody ever front squatted. Yeah. Today. Do you see? Do you guys see anybody doing front squats in the gyms? Uh, Adam, you're the you're the, you're most likely to go to a commercial gym. I, I haven't. Every time I've gone, front squatting. Yeah, I don't see a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, you do. You see it. I mean, I'm I'm still blown away by what I see in the gym today. That compared to when we first started, like it's it's cool. I, I think it's it's really neat to see. You mm-hmm. see a lot of deadlifting and squatting front and back now. Um, you you don't see like a, a unconventional things like we teach like in some Zercher squats. Yeah, you don't stuff, see yeah, yeah. If, anytime I see something like that I almost like, like whoa Zercher yeah, squat, I wonder if you listen a yeah. Z press. I almost always approach them because I'm like um, it's all, uh, nine times out of ten it's a mind pump listener who's who's heard mm-hmm. of the show or mm-hmm. seen one of us post something like that. So it's it's rare. Not to say that everybody who fucking Zercher squats or Z presses listen to mind pump, but <laughs> at least in, in yeah, my they, neck of the woods, yeah. you, I never saw those movements and when I do see it. But you'll still see I, there's a lot of guys that are you know, and girls that are um, in inside the golds that I'm at, or the old golds, which is American Barbell now. Uh, that is, you know, they train for competition, so most of them are definitely front squatting. I mean, that's a, that's a staple move for uh, a competitive lifter for sure. Is, definitely. Yeah. And, and now, Justin, you had said something about uh, heel raised front squats. Yeah, that is a quad blaster destroyer blaster that's one of my favorites that's an old school exercise that was the in the 70s and 80s bodybuilders did those all the time especially in the 70s well a lot of um in i really want to get one of the marinoviches on the show i know adam you have some lead on that but um that was one of those exercises that was highlighted for their athletes because of getting getting the guys to to be more grounded off of the forefoot and drive all their forces through their forefoot. Yeah, because you're never flat-footed in sport. No, if you really want to think about it and be like, okay, well, what applies the most towards any any sport where you're running, jumping, cutting, you know, going multiple directions, like, you do not want to be on your heels. Mm Mm-hmm. Ever like if you if you're on any team, your coach is always like you know get up off your heels. Yeah, you get knocked on your ass if you're on exactly, your heels. and that's so. true for grappling or martial arts as well. You know, depending on the position. Right. But if you're here's how you do it at, at the gym. It's very easy. You just take a couple of ten pound plates, put them underneath your heels. You still want to push through your whole foot, so you're not balancing on your toes. And then do your front squats and watch what happens. It it, it really gives you more knee flexion and extension. Really hits the quads really, really hard. hard. And make sure when you're doing your front squat that you keep your elbows really elevated. This is where people mess up, is that they let their elbows drop, and then it gets uncomfortable because the bar wants to roll down their arms, right. and then you're screwed. Keep the elbows up really, that's really high. the first cue that I teach in a front squat is elbows yeah. up. As, yeah, soon, as soon as you drop down, and that's the first thing you just want to naturally let the arms come down. you got to think about keeping the elbows up the entire time. Right. Next question is from Mark L 0 how do you train a very obese client who is very disobedient and does not like resistance training? <laughs> I like the word. The, yeah, they Dis- the, disobedient. Disobedient. <laughs> you can hear like the frustration in the trainer oh, right there, right? I, know. I used to be. I used to You're be disobeying like this. me. If there was, if if I could go back in time and communicate to myself as an early trainer, this is definitely one of the things I would say to myself. You know, yeah. I used to get so frustrated with clients because they because the way I would look at it is, you hired me to help you get into shape. 
and now you don't want to do what I what I am telling you. Yeah. And I used to actually think to myself like, well, screw them. I'm going to get rid of my clients and get someone who's really serious. Like, if you're going to hire me and you want to get in shape, either do what I say or hire somebody else. Or what I used to my think is- My way or the highway. Right. Or I would have this ego thing where I'm like, well, if they're my client and they're not having good results, that looks bad on me. So maybe I'll get rid of them or whatever. I remember thinking like that. And yeah. it was years later that I, I actually realized that the folly in that type of thinking- and the folly really was, you know, you have to consider this when you're training somebody in this position, somebody who's really obese, their level of awareness and understanding is so much smaller than yours in 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 respect to their health and fitness. It's a very, very, very small amount of awareness. And so for them, just showing up to the gym twice a week is a big step. It's a really big step. You're actually, they've actually made a, a, a major change in their life just by showing up and working out with you twice a week. Now, our expectations are high because our awareness is much higher. Like if you tell me, you know, if somebody said to me, Sal, don't, don't drink soda anymore. I'd be like, no problem. Easy. I, I already don't drink soda. It's not a problem because of my, my level of awareness with that. But you tell somebody else who's been drinking soda two or three times a day for the last 15 years telling them to completely eliminate soda, that's a big deal. It's a very, very big deal to them. Now, I, I've reversed this on myself. There's been times where I've looked at very successful people in business, for example, and I think, gosh, how did they accomplish all that? That's so crazy. And I think to myself, it's no different than when people look at me and think, "How wow, it's so crazy that you can maintain your fitness for, for the rest of your life. It's like, no, it's just it's the same application, one step at a time, little by little in consistency. And so my approach changed with my clients to where I would start to say to myself, like, okay, they may not be changing their diet yet. They may not be doing other things yet, but they're working out twice a week with me, which is way more than they were doing before. Mm -hmm. So let's be happy with that. Let's start with that. And then let's see what happens. The result of changing my, my approach was clients stayed with me for long periods of time. And although many times it took a long time for them to see progress, they eventually did progress, and they made lifelong changes, which is what I was not, not getting before. Yeah, and I think I could totally identify with this. I have kind of a funny story. My One of my long-term clients that I was so appreciative of, he pre- basically helped me transition from 24-Hour Fitness to independent and was a major part of like helping me out with my business and but and and so he actually helped to kind of pay for my first run of t-shirts at the time i thought t-shirts was a good idea to advertise myself and so what was your brand name remedy trainer oh, okay. yeah. which lame right no that's good remedy but yeah, anyway like um yeah I, I don't i don't like it now that i think back but anyway <laughs> i, I would have changed all it. self-conscious yeah, yeah it's very very insecure <laughs> Terrible about name. my decisions back then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You guys stop judging me. Yeah. Um, so I put this on a shirt, and um, and of course he he's rocking one. You know, he's very proud to you know be, profess that I'm his trainer and what great results he's had, and like he lost all his weight and all this stuff, and what he can do now, and he'd show off and stuff in the gym all the time and do push-ups like on balls and like crazy shit that you know at the time I had him do just for fun, and um, so. He, but he would just not listen to what I would tell him to do nutritionally and used to irritate the shit out of me. And he was getting all this great progress, was super happy and like, uh, 
you know, with his strength gains and his his energy and his, you could tell he's got this testosterone and everything. Again, he's an older guy, but he, he was gaining weight and he his he was gaining weight all in his stomach. And he's rocking my shirt, <laughs> and he's out there in public, and he's giving people my cards. And he's like, yeah, he's so great. It's a great shirt. <laughs> and he's doing it every day. And he's getting fatter and fatter. <laughs> And I'm just like, ah, like I just like ripped the shirt off. But I, I got over. It. I'm like, look, you know, he's he he is getting results that he's super stoked on. Like I'm judging him because what I want out of him. Like right. I want him to be an example, like a, a a physical example of my training, as opposed to what was really benefiting him the most, which was you know, psychologically, which was strength wise, which was longevity, like all these other factors that, um, he was getting from the training with me and was stoked on it. And I was, I was the one that had the issue. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, you got to lower your expectations, man. It's, and it's hard to do that because especially you, when you're a new trainer. Yeah. And you know what you're capable of, you know, you know how you could help them, you know, you have the answers to it, but at the end of the day, if if they don't if they don't want to do it and they don't want to put the work in, there's nothing that you can can really say or do. They they have to first want that bad enough to put the work in. This is part of what actually made me not like training. Like when I had to train client, when I had to have a full schedule to pay the bills. Like when I relied on X amount of people to be training. Uh, I remember this was one of the things that I got. I first got tired of was I got tired of having to train people who I felt like really weren't ready yet. They weren't in the mental space to put the work and effort in that it would take to get to the place they needed to be. And that was really challenging for me because then I always felt like, man, there's so many people out there that do want the help, that do want to learn, that will put in the the work that I'm not sitting in front of right now. Instead, I'm sitting in front of this client that I'm constantly having to trick into doing things right or convince them that they need to do these things I'm telling them and fighting them this whole way when it's their health, it's their journey. It's like, and and that's the passion as a trainer, right? You, you want to help them so bad, but if they don't want to help themselves, there's nothing you can do. So later in my career, I just, I did, I learned to lower my expectations like that's my expectation i expect like you want to you have to lose 100 you need 100 pounds off of you i know i can do that like i want you to do it. well maybe they really don't maybe they say it but really deep inside they just want to feel better or they want to just feel like they're doing something about it and if that means coming to the gym and getting some exercises done with you maybe they are a lot happier with just that than than the losing the extra extra pounds and so i stopped trying to push my agenda on clients but yet I was ready to have that conversation if they ever said, like, if you were three months into training with me, you bought 100 sessions and you're not down any weight and you're looking back at me going like, hey, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah. I, you know, I hired you to do all this stuff and, and I would look right back at him and say, well, you're not wanting to do the things that I'm telling you you need to do. And Yeah, you still got to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And I'm okay with that as your trainer. I'm okay with, because I know I'm providing some value. I know that you, like you said, Sal, Without me, you wouldn't be coming to the gym two times a week. Mm -hmm. Without me, you wouldn't be working on these exercises that are building strength, that are increasing stamina, that are increasing energy, that are probably helping your sex drive, help, helping you mentally. Like, I know that I'm providing value, so I, I, I can rest at night knowing that I'm doing a good job. If you're not following what I'm telling you to do nutritionally, like, 
I'm not going to waste my time always fighting you on that. You got to want to do it first, right. and then I can provide you the resources. Yeah, absolutely. You 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 got to realize that it, it's everybody's journey is their journey, and what they have a challenge with is very challenging for them. It, it may not be challenging to you. But I can pretty much guarantee you, you think you're such an awesome person, such a badass. I bet you I can find something that you would find extremely challenging that somebody else would think it's easy. Well, you gave a great analogy, Sal, by relating it to like these really success, highly successful people in business. And if you were sitting here talking to all these billionaires and all of them are saying, listen, the formula for me was five years of my life. I didn't take a day off. I got up at four o'clock in the morning. I did these things. And they keep telling you this. And you're like not getting up at four o'clock in the morning, you're yeah. not working seven days a week and you're still going like, why am I not a millionaire? Well, it's like the, every one of these guys that are talking to you are telling you, you they worked harder than they ever worked in their lives. They got up earlier than they ever got in their life and you're not applying that, but yet you still are saying you want to be this millionaire. Well, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not utilizing the, the information that's been given to you by people that have done that before that are wise I mean, maybe you really don't want to be a millionaire that bad. Maybe you maybe you enjoy sleeping in more and your freedom and your family time and flexibility more, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's the same thing with this obese person. It's like, just because you think they should be 100 pounds lighter doesn't necessarily mean they really think it. Maybe they just want to feel a little bit better than what they did six months and, ago. And it is a journey, and many times, you know, I had one client who wanted to lose, hired me because he wanted to lose 40 pounds. Do you know when he lost the 40 pounds? 40 years later yeah. and he lost it in like four months yeah. like literally it finally clicked it clicked yeah. like it took a long time to get him to be consistent with his workouts to me and then little by little he started working out on his own and then little by little he started being more active just in everyday life and then he started to cut out soda a little bit and then he looked at his sugar intake a little bit and it was these really small changes and then one day it literally was like a light bulb went off because he'd yeah. been working out with me for three and a half years he developed this good relationship with exercise and fitness. He developed this good relationship with the gym and, nutri and, and his nutrition uh, relationship was changing. And then all of a sudden, it was literally like yeah. a light. I have so many examples of that with, yep. with the clients I've trained. It's, it's just some somewhere along the line, every seed that you've planted, all of a sudden, like it just starts to sprout. And That's right. And then you get excited and you're like, oh my God. That's where you did your job. That's you did right. your job planting you fostered it, and now like it's finally, you know, coming to fruition. You know, it's that whole saying like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him it's drink. So true. And, uh, if you can still say that. And you guys right? think, what's your desired result? Like, what's my desired result with this person? Is it to get them to lose this weight now and then gain it back later, and for them not to achieve long-term real success and fundamental change? Or if I really want to help them, if you're being honest and you're a trainer, like I really want to help people. All right, let's be honest. You really want to help them. What do you, how do you want to help them? Do you want them to have lifelong changes? Of course you do. Well, then it's going to take a while because real fundamental change to your life is fucking hard. And for a lot of people, it takes a long time. And these people who I'm talking about, I still in contact. The guy I told you I'm talking about right now, it took him four years to lose 30-something pounds or 40 pounds. I still talk to him. That was eight years ago. And guess what? He still hasn't gained the weight back. And he still works out even though he's in training with me. Anymore. This also reminds me of a very pivotal moment in my career as a trainer which was when I started to really focus on like the bigger rocks versus just like what I've been taught training wise and nutrition wise and this was like the introduction of back then was like the body bug and we were checking people's uh, metabolism and their steps that they were they were taking in the day 
And I started to realize how little these really obese clients moved. Then that was what a lot of what was contributing to them being overweight. It's like, and that's a really uphill battle. You come in, they see you for an hour, you train, you could train them hard as you want. Like, but then the rest of the day, they go sit down at a desk all day long. It's really hard for that single workout that you're doing to make that great of an impact on their life. What I found to ha- and I had a lot of success with this and it forever changed how I coach people was starting to speak to the other 23 hours that they weren't with me, which was related to just movement. And I found like, and I used to do this thing with, with clients like this where I would take these stickers, right? And I, and I would have them, I would tell them places in their house, like one on the refrigerator, you know, one on a closet, one on a mirror in their bathroom. And I have them all, all of these places. And whenever they saw that, I would tell them, you know, like do 10 body weight squats. Like that's it. Like nothing crazy, not a huge goal. That's going to be a workout. Like 10 body weight squats every time you saw that sticker. And over the course of the day, that person might see those stickers five, six, seven times. And someone doing someone that overweight doing 70 body weight squats in, in a day is a huge fucking life change. Or I would say things like, hey, I want, you know, three times in the day, I want a 10 minute walk, like very small, achievable goals that don't require a ton of effort and mm-hmm. creating those habits. And it's and it's also integrated into their life. Right. And it's something that they could like you you touched on Sal earlier is that it's something that's sustainable that I know that they, once they start and then once they start to piece that together like oh shit maybe I just need to move more and that's what's really keeping me from losing a lot of this weight and they start to make that connection you can start to slowly increase that over time and then before you know it you've taken somebody who moves two thousand steps a day and on average now they're moving ten fifteen thousand that's fucking huge difference when it mm-hmm. comes to weight loss for someone like that and sustaining that weight loss. So that's something too that I would advise this person or this trainer is, you know, I don't know how much of the the outside of the gym that you're speaking to other than the nutrition piece because, you know, getting someone to adhere to, you know, a trainer's diet can be extremely challenging. This is also where I started to add to people's diet versus taking away because like you said, again, Sal too, is a, you got someone who's been drinking 15 Cokes a day for the last 15 years of their life and then all of a sudden you put them on this, you know, tuna and crackers type of a diet that is completely foreign from how they would ever eat. Even if they stick to that for six months and lose a ton of weight, the likelihood that they will make that a lifestyle change forever is very little. So instead of me taking a bunch of things away from them and giving them this random diet, I would peer into their diet and see things that they should add to it that is going to enhance their nutrition and then that's what I would do is start to implement better choices in there and then slowly pull away. Next question is from JM55987. My little brother is getting bullied at school quite a bit. In the PC world we live in, where punching a bully is worse than actually the actual bullying, what would you suggest to your own kids to handle these situations? Mm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting nowadays where you can't even... Punch him in the face. You can't fight back. You know, there's a lot to learn in standing up for yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can. It's it's you're gonna get in trouble, but I don't know. I, I feel like there's there's a lot of that like bubble taping going on everywhere. And I think that uh, it's definitely changed a lot of the the energy and the vibe when you go to the school. Like it's the, the kids seem like less aggressive, less like violent than when we grew up, but at the same time, 
like I don't know. I'm I'm kind of old school to where. Well, I don't. Sometimes think you, there's there's times where you need to handle things. I don't think either one of you guys would punish either one of your kids if they came home and got suspended for a day or two, and you found out they were getting bullied and they got suspended because they punched the kid in the face. Would you? What? No. What I well, what I've taught my kids is if you get if if somebody hits you, um, then you have all my support yeah, to hit them back. A hundred percent. You have to defend yourself. Uh, that's number. One. It's look. You know what it reminds me of. It's like some of those laws in California where if you, you have a gun in your house, someone breaks in, and if you shoot the intruder, um, he he had to have shown that he was threatening your life, otherwise you could go to jail. Well, that's that's a that's a chance I'm willing to take because the other alternative is if I don't do that and I don't know what's going on, then maybe they're going to hurt my family or me, right? And so then I'd rather go to court than than have to go to a funeral for somebody in my family. So you know, I, I tell my kids like if somebody's going to hit you. Uh, defend yourself. It's an important lesson to learn in life, by the way, to stand up for yourself. You have to stand up for yourself. Yeah. If you don't have teeth, then nothing you do really is going to make a big difference. It's not going to matter. People feel like they can walk all over you. Yep. Uh, you're weak and you're going to resent life. You know, it reminds me of when we had Lane Norton on the show and he talked about the intense bullying that he went through as a kid and how he was taught by his mom to never fight back. That bullying had a, a terrible effect on his psyche. Obviously, he <laughs> yeah, admits look, it. Look yeah. at him today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm now he's, he's picking fights at 40 years old. You well, know what well, I mean, he would, you know, <laughs> make up for lost time. Imagine yeah. if back then, through all that, you know, his mom said, "Stand up for yourself." Right. And if they do something to you, hit them back. Yeah. You know, I had an experience like this in junior high. You know, I, I went to not the greatest junior high school, and we had gangs and stuff at the school, and and these kids were. They outnumbered most of us who weren't in the gangs, and I stood up for myself. Now, what, what ended up happening? I got in a fight, then I got jumped, then I got in a fight again. And you know what? At, at, the, at that point, I think they realized that I was not a soft target, and could they jump me and beat me up? They could, but I think they realized that- Too much effort. It's just too much effort and time, yeah. they, and they ended up leaving me alone. Easier to pick on somebody yeah. who's going to fold and cry. Right, but, be, be, but, but beyond that- I learned a valuable lesson because trust me, in order to stand up to a group of guys who are going to beat you up and look very scary as a kid, oh, it yeah. scared the shit. It was terrified me. Yeah, but it it strengthened my character exactly. And I think if you're getting bullied, you don't necessarily need to throw the first punch, but you need to stand there and not back down. So what's so in in a time like today, like he's saying in this PC world we live in. I'm assuming bullying looks different than what it was. Like when bullying for me when I was a kid was like literally physically pushing me, right. throwing shit at me. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. doing physical things physical to me. Honking yeah. you, yeah, physically. Which made a lot of sense for me to wall, haul off and deck you, right? But yeah. what if what if this kid that he's taught his little brother is dealing with like Instagram bullying and the you know calling names and racist stuff and and picking on him virtually? And bullying like that and calling names maybe and teasing. Confront him in real life. Yeah. People who do this on the cyber world are actually massive cowards. Big and, time. Yeah. And if you if 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 somebody's cyber bullying you or talking behind your back, this happens with girls a lot. A lot girls tend to bully differently than boys. Not always, but tend to, right? Where they they'll they'll develop their clicks and they'll talk behind your back. And believe me, you walk up to one of these girls, if you're a girl and you're getting bullied and you walk straight up to them yeah. and you confront them in front of everybody. 
it's going to make them feel real uncomfortable, and, yeah. it, and they're going to—they're cowards. Typically, yeah, they're cowards. They'll usually back away. Yeah, it reminds me a lot too of like road rage. You know, like for some reason, everybody gets balls all of a sudden, you know, and wants to like mess with you and everything. And then when you get out of the car, they take off. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, you're one of those. Yeah, no, I, I would say stand up for yourself. Let it be known that you won't tolerate the bullying. And then if you're if they're being physical towards you, then then be physical back. Um, and unless it's a situation where you really feel threatened, but that's kind of rare, right? Well, if you're yeah. like, okay, I need to hit first because this is getting dangerous. But I also teach my kids. I've had this conversation with my kids. I don't think they'll ever be in this situation, but I've had this conversation where I'm like, okay, monitor the situation. There are situations where it may be smart to get the hell out of there because you don't want to, you know, I don't well, want you to get stabbed or something like that. But definitely be yeah. vocal and stand up for yourself. I, I really, I really appreciate martial arts for this. And just the way that they teach the discipline of like when to use, you know, physical contact and, and, you know, violence in order to defend yourself. And I don't know, they have a lot more structure around it. Uh, so it empowers kids to feel like they, they do have a tool that they can, you know, reach and grab if they, if they are getting messed with, uh, by by somebody that's you know physically like overpowering them. What martial arts does is very rarely will you have to actually use it in a, in a fight nowadays, right. right? Very rarely will you have to actually bust out your your muay thai or your jujitsu or whatever. But what it does do is it makes you feel confident. Yeah. So now you can stand up. Yeah. Stand up for yourself. Tell the person I'm not going to tolerate this. And uh, because it gives you that confidence because you have it in, in your back pocket. I remember when we interviewed Bishop Barron, I asked him about the Christian doctrine of uh, turning the other cheek mm -hmm. because it comes across as very pacifist, like you're oh, just yeah. going to let someone walk all over you. And he says, no, because that's not what it means at all. It means if you get hit, you stand there as if to say, I'm not backing down. Hit me again, but I'm not backing down. Here's my other cheek. That's a very yeah. different uh, understanding of what I thought, and it's it's effective. You know, people people who tyrannize other people prey on the people on weak. They prey on people who aren't going to say something, who aren't going to do something. And this, by the way, this extends to other people. Like if you, I've had this conversation with my kids as well, and my dad taught me this. If you see someone else being hurt. If you see someone else being, you know, someone stealing something from someone else, you just watching and not doing anything means that you're actually implicit. You're, 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 you need to stay, unless Guilt you feel by like, association. unless you feel like there's, there, you know, that, that, oh my gosh, this is a really dangerous situation. Right, it's too dangerous for you. He says, you, you know, because think about it this way. If people did that, how, how many less, like how far fewer would we have these terrible situations that happened? You know, right. if, if people just stood up yeah. and said, no. You know, think about it that way. Like the few people who tend to bully the world are outnumbered by the rest of us. Well, you know what I'm think, saying? And I just, yeah, I'm, and I'm kind of like starting out with leading with that more these days just because there needs to be more checks. Like a lot of this bullying has gotten worse because they can hide. Mm. And to me, it's it, there needs to be a resurgence of people that do stand up and aren't okay with it and aren't going to tolerate activities like that. Like, I'm not going to go get mom to fight all my battles. Mm. You know, you need to, you need to empower yourself. Yep. I, I, I remember in elementary school, there was this kid, uh, what was his name? Mike. I think his name was Mike. 
and he was uh, he was kind of a bad kid, right? And he would push people around or whatever. And this one day, I guess it was my turn to be picked on. And he got in my face and said something and the school kind of surrounded us. And he was a lot bigger than me. And so I was very intimidated. And he told me to, uh, you know, back down, you know, like, like be a pussy, like turn around and walk away, which I did. I was intimidated. So I, I got scared and I walked away and it ate at me. Yeah. It ate at me for that whole day. Like I went home and I couldn't sleep and I made a plan. Mm-hmm. I said, tomorrow I'm going to go to school and I'm going to stand up to him. And if he tries to do something, I'm going to throw a punch at him. And so that's exactly what happened. The next day I, I stood up to him and um, I, ch- I told him, try doing that again. He pushed me. I pushed him back and I was up in his face and he actually didn't do anything. And I think it's because he realized this is not worth the time or the effort. No. Yeah. But man, it was a, uh, but it teaches you character to stand up. You know, it's not just about getting the bully to stop bullying. It's also about building character in yourself to stand up for what you believe in because there's going to be things that happen in life. I'm going to talk on a grand scale now where, you know, at one point slavery was legal. At one point segregation was legal. At one point the Jews were getting, you know, rounded up and put into under trains and shipped out. And I guarantee you there were a lot of people on the other side that were thinking to themselves like, Ooh, that's not, I don't think that's, yeah, I don't, that's I don't right. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't really agree with that, you know? And, there's going to be things that happen in society where you're a little bit afraid to speak out. And even though you know it's 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 wrong what's happening, I'm not going to say anything. Like, you know, you got to have that 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 courage to stand up and to say something. Um, because if you don't have that, what are you? You know what I'm saying? You're nothing. So I think situations where you get bullied is a learning. It is a very painful, difficult lesson to learn. Right. But it's a very valuable one. And so if your kid's getting bullied... Look at it that way. Like he's going to learn a very important lesson here. It's going to build some character, and it's going to pay off later it on. It Definitely in life. sucks to watch. You oh, know? I hate it. Oh, it's the worst. Next question is from Ben Burdett. What are each of your New Year's resolutions? Do you guys come up with any? Have you been thinking about this at all? Hmm. I have a couple. Go then. I have a couple. I, this is. Uh, I mean, I know our listeners are hearing this. What on New Year's Day or the day after New Year's? Yeah. But for us, this is what a couple days before. So yeah, I have some. So. I used to be like against New Year's resolutions because I'm like so stupid. If you want to change something, just do it. Um, and I was having this, uh, you know, I was having this discussion the other day, and um, you know, many times marking periods of your life, like let's say you move. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever where you move and you're like, you know what, I'm going to change this about myself, and the fact that you moved and you're a different place makes it easier mm-hmm. for yeah. you to change that or a different environment or a new yeah, set there's of There's a lot of momentum that with the, that kind of mentality. Yeah, so I used to be against New Year's resolutions, but now I realize that they can be a powerful tool because it is a new year. It's all symbolic. Obviously, there's really no difference, but uh, it is a new year, so it can reinforce this belief in yourself that, okay, I'm going to start uh, mm-hmm. brand new. I think the key, though, is to pick something that you know is challenging but realistic because sometimes people pick the most insane New Year's resolutions like, okay, this year for sure I'm losing yeah, 50 pounds. 100 pounds. Yeah, it's like, okay, no. Whoa. Yeah, start out with just not eating after midnight or something like that. You know, start with something small. So for me, uh, one of them is I'm going to do a lot more writing. Um, it's something I enjoy doing, but it's also something that uh, I have difficulty doing when I feel like I have to. So that's a big one for me. I, I've already kind of developed a schedule that I think I'm going to start with on, you know, doing more writing uh, for for the business. The other one is I'm going to be on my phone a lot less. This is a big one uh, for me because I do find myself 
wavering back and forth where sometimes I'm on my phone more, sometimes I'm on my phone less. And so I think that's a big one for me this year where I'm going to leave my phone at a particular designated spot in my house. And if I want to be on it, then I have to go to that spot. Otherwise, I'm going to be off the phone. And so those are the two the two big ones for me. Well, that, that kind of reminds me of something that I wanted to do. So that's kind of cool. You, you helped spark that. Um, like you, um, and since what, 2017 or whatever, since I was talking about the whole phone thing, I've been back and forth with it. You'll find... I'm kind of silent on Instagram and social media for a while, and then I'm kind of back in it, back and forth. And uh, there, I have done a few things that I, I think that if I can just be consistent with that, I'll feel really good about still being able to, uh, you know, provide a, a lot of help to people uh, from the business side for Mind Pump, but then also take care of myself and my own health and not get consumed by it. And that is scheduling twice a day. Uh, for these half hour blocks or so of where I just purely dedicate uh, that time for social media. So using that, and, and I was I did this for a while, and I had a lot of success. I just fell off the it consistency. probably makes you more productive, too. It does. So what I was doing was when I get up in the morning, you know, I'd have a cup of coffee, and I would spend about 30 minutes of just answering DMs and responding to people and doing whatever, whatever post or whatever thing I needed to do on Instagram, Facebook, all that shit. I would get that out and I would do that. And then again, right before we would leave the studio at about three o'clock or so, I would do it one more time. And then after that, I would be done the rest of the day. So the rest of the evening when Katrina comes home and, and, or, and or if I was with family or friends, there would be no need for me really to be on my phone at all. And so that's a, that's a big New Year's resolution for me is to get back into a consistent schedule um, with that. So that's a, that's probably the biggest one. Then another the, the main one that I was thinking about before you had mentioned that is, you know, this is a really big year um, for Mind Pump and then and also for me personally because we have a chance to move this business into something bigger and greater than anything that I've been a part of before, um, and that's a very exciting thing uh, for me to do. And I know that uh, much of that will will be disciplined, like you're saying, of riding more and doing more like that. Well, that'll require more effort uh, towards the business uh, and the, the people that work within the business. So that's my commitment to 2019 is to help push this thing beyond anything that I've ever done before. So that's really the, where my, my head is at. But you definitely touched on something that's been weighing on me for a while. And like you, Sal, I've always been kind of anti the New Year's resolution thing just because uh, I am somebody who, if you feel that there's something in your life that needs to change, that fucking waiting for a day to happen is ridiculous, that you should make an effort uh, to do that. In this case, I'm, I don't feel that. I don't feel really compelled like I've, I'm abusing something or there's something in my life that really needs to change. So I have this 2018 you know, or 19 is going to be this monumental change for me. But I do, I can jump on the, okay, you know, well, this is a good time for us to think of some things that I would like to implement and be consistent about. And I think right away, the social media thing, number one, and then two, my commitment to the company and what we're doing uh, is extremely important to me. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I haven't had like super specific goals. You said no cheese, right? Yeah, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> 
no. Yeah, what's wrong no, with Sal. <laughs> Don't ever. <laughs> no, I I was thinking like in terms of years, I, I usually just have a focus. And that's how I look at it. I don't look at it as um, like this thing that I have to accomplish or like I, I'm trying to I'm trying to shift my mentality in another direction next year. Like this year for me was really just honing in on, uh, you know, like limiting my focus to uh, one direction and not bombarding myself with um, other things that may be adjacent to the big picture. So um, really focusing on mind pump, really focusing on, you know, what we got going here and, and, and refining that process. Um, and also at home, it's, it's built, it's built more time for me to spend quality time because I'm not uh, muddying that process up by being there. And then also trying to, to keep a bunch of other things and ideas going at the same time. So this next year, I'd, I just, I feel like that's going to be even more of a focus of searching again academically, um, get, getting back into what really has driven like my personal training career and focus and, and, and diving into sports science and, um, you know, really just owning that passion of mine that I've, uh, I've somewhat leaned on old information and in, in terms and ideas and things that I've had in the past where I want to rekindle that and spark new ideas, come across fresh information um, that will really help to kind of drive interest on the show and just better conversation. So I think that um, that's going to be a major focus for me um, to, to be able to contribute. And then also um, just, I mean, like it, it of course, like electronics and all that and all these types of things and bad habits we have, you know, you want to acknowledge, but my focus is, is just going to, I want to, I want to stay simple and just really just focus on that and that, that'll be it. Awesome. Well, happy new year's boys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so check this out, go to mindpumpfree.com. Check out some of our free guides. We have, uh, maybe a dozen of them available teaching you how to work your legs, your arms, your core, how to get a better squat, how to become a more successful personal trainer. You can also find our personal Instagram pages where you can learn more about us as individuals. Now, my page on Instagram is Mind Pump Sal. Adams is Mind Pump Adam. And Justin is Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes Maps Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>